Welcome to Against All Oddities, the podcast about three brothers coming to terms with the oddly true and the truthfully odd. Today's episode is called Punt. Why? What's that mean? Well, without going too much into detail, we, the three brothers, tragically lost a close member of our family, and the episode that we had recorded and planned to release for our November episode had some subject matter that seems a little inappropriate to talk about in light of this terrible loss, let alone for us to joke about while we grieve as a family. So we're punting. We're punting that episode that we had recorded into the future, and are instead bringing you a little shorty episode to fill the silence. Basically, in this episode, we each talk briefly about something paranormal that we've been thinking about recently. Tim talks about scary ants. Chris talks about an old book. And Nate recounts a hilarious story with copious amounts of bathroom humor to end with a little bit of levity during a very sad time for us. With that said, this is Against All Oddities. Hey, 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 let's bring it in again. Um, welcome to Against All Oddities. We talk about weird, paranormal, crazy stuff, uh, and just things we find interesting. Um, our November episode is going to be tabled until February because of an uh, there's a family emergency where it's just not the best time. Um, so to release the one that we were going to release, it just seemed like incorrect, so we will release right. That ep- our November episode, which we recorded a couple weeks ago, we'll release that probably in January, February. Um, uh, but uh, so we're going to do something a little different. We're yeah, well, so we're just we're going to go off the cuff, just brief little one to two minute rants. And uh, Nate has a little bit of a, a story. It's going to be a quick episode, minimal editing, minimal fun, just to have November feed the against all oddity uh hunger pains that everybody yeah. might have or scratch that against all oddity itch that you might be theming for for november but i am youngest brother tim middle brother chris right over here date as right. always okay so a couple <laughs> things to uh housekeeping so we uh we made some coins the coins i made are really shitty but i'd like to send some out to some people the doom generation has requested one on blue sky which we are on find us oh nice um I didn't know that. so also not to them also the witches talking terror ladies have not asked for one but i feel like we should send them one also the neat cast boys we are going to do a uh december rant the 12 rants of christmas we are actually recording one with them here shortly so catch us over on the neat cast at some point in december so i'll be sending them some coins too i'm also going to try to make some more so if you want one email wizard at dorfu.com or just tell us a story or something. Yeah, make, make you know, give us a little razzle dazzle, whatever that means to you, and yeah, uh, we'll probably send you a coin. We'll send you something. Maybe I'll send you one of my shitty coins. Maybe I'll send you a a good one. I'm still making them and practicing. Uh, also, by making coins, we should say that we have a little forge. We're like hand casting coins in a mold that we made. Anyway, continue. They don't look great. Some of them do, but the some ones of them do. I put in silver in another one, and it looks awesome. But silver is really expensive to make, so I was doing copper, and some of them are good, some of them are whatever. Yeah. Um. Anyway, so I'm gonna do my brief little uh story. The the mummies, the alien mummies out of South America. 
tell me what that is. I don't know what that is. Then they're calling them the Nazca mummies, and and the uh, there's a congressional presentation. This, this is the cake thing. They're not fucking cake. Yeah, yeah, but just that, like, basically, that but they like, sums are. up your, so, everything you're about to say. <laughs> like, uh, like a month ago, there was uh, a gentleman that presented. There was a. Uh, it was supposed to be a UAP hearing, but it was not. It was a, a non-human intelligence body presentation, and and the problem is he was just like, "Hey, check it out! Like, here's your disclosure. Boom! It's 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 fucking bodies, and they are small. They're like maybe less than two feet. They are skinny, mm-hmm. and they look so." stupid they I look think pretty hey, cool they look like they look pinatas. similar to another russian uh russian weird yes, right but so that, that fast, that's there's a russian video that came out of the a couple years ago these teenagers found an alien body that two days later they came out and said just kidding we made it out of chicken bones it's not real but if you look at it it looks exactly like the mummies but uh and i'm pretty sure the russian like deep state was like hey you need to retract your statement about finding this body. But the video is easily found. Just look up Siberian alien body and mm-hmm, it, it pops mm-hmm. up. Well, maybe we can post a link. Um, But the problem is they, I feel like they look too stupid that when people <laughs> prove that they're real, nobody's going to believe but, it anyway, which they, that's they, what I'm saying. I think it's some really, it's pretty smart to make something look stupid because it's like that's hiding just, in plain sight. They did it, that's the thing. They weren't even made. It, they, uh, they just, they look like ET. They look like tiny, stupid little dolls and they have been CT scanned. They have been MRI'd. They have been studied in hospitals by many professional people that have no mm-hmm, bias mm-hmm. towards them being real and they cannot debunk these. They truly seem like a non-human intelligence that is living among us and have for many, many years. And Nate actually shared a video recently of um, of the, the natives from the area where these are found. And in the podcast, they're like, do you know what? And it's it's in not in English. I don't know if it's Quechuan or, or Spanish or whatever. Portuguese. Or Portuguese. The um, uh, Pardon my ignorance. But they... Um, the podcasters were were talking to the two natives saying what's what's an alien to you are these aliens and they're like I, we don't know that word and then they showed them the picture of the mm-hmm. the nazca mummies and they're like oh no and they had a different word for that and those are those are ants those are the ants and you don't mess they're very dangerous they live underground and if you mess with them they take your spirit underground yeah it's so good it's and actually so- really it's worth finding that we maybe will post that on uh, in our notes because it's a really great clip it's i would play it now but it's in spanish and it's subtitled so most of our audience won't understand that so but anyway i'll put the link in the uh notes it's 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 a good video but what i'm getting is it's not just aliens we we have had disclosure of a non-human intelligence that has the ability to fuck you up to just take your spirit which to us we might describe it as consciousness underground and what that means it could mean anything but yeah. they're small enough to live in the caves and these places where they've been found and mummified or whatever. And they've been around long enough that they could have been de- like deified like for many years ago or like yeah. uh, uh, found in an ancient text. Or if mm-hmm. they are the ones controlling these UAPs, they they have the ability to uh, control consciousness or items or objects in ways that we do not understand. We have been disclosed this 
and nobody gives two shits because they somebody turned them into a cake and they did a really good I know, job. I know that's the psyop. Like that was the CIA made that cake. That's why they were able to do. They it had so the cake well. ready to go. That video <laughs> came out the, the day the disclosure is, yeah. and the only way that yeah. happened if they were already baking. That's that a cake. that's a team of specialized oh, government there, agents there making are, that cake. There are cake fuckers all over the place. I can't <laughs> trust Nate, that might mean something you don't think it means uh, <laughs> in a way that you don't. Yeah, intend. in fact, I can confirm Nate that there are in fact cake fuckers, but we're gonna. <laughs> <laughs> there are i that, will i that I was some of the government's best men making here, that cake here's the problem with it and and i think this is true for everything and it's similar to you know other uh you know character people uh, that uh, come out with disclosures this guy has been there is a guy his partner is in jail currently the same guy who bought or smuggled out the Inca mummies, alien mummies, the guy to Mexico, the guy that did that, he his partner was arrested and is in jail for using a small, like a mummified Native American body and trying to pass that off as yeah, uh, exactly. an alien. There's also the small ones he tried with a larger much weirder looking alien that came back all the bones were like sawed off in places and it was just kind of put together and it was white and looked very similar i forgot the name of that one it was called like rosa or something so this is like the third attempt it seems like that he's come up with like hey look at these things and there are also there's a video of the grave robbers these supposedly were discovered by grave robbers and they have a video like a cell phone video of these things with like gold jewelry on and stuff. That right. And have. devil's devil's advocate here. Uh, that guy maybe never got access to these bodies and he couldn't. And so he was trying to fabricate it to bring them to light. Maybe that's his, his that, but I can't defend this guy because he also sells supplements. And yeah, as I have said like before, red it, flag, right? That's it's it's <laughs> he is the worst person to bring these to light, which pisses me off more that, that nobody can debunk these. He finally got a hold of the real ones. There's like 20 of them now. It's not just two. And really, I didn't know there's 20. Yeah, yeah, there's, there's like 21 of them or something. And this guy, I don't have time for Reddit. You guys, have, you guys are my my Reddit like connection. Like, uh, yeah, this guy, this guy is such a fucking douchebag that he is the worst person to, to disclose anything. But he's the he's spearheading it. But it's now that there's some legitimacy behind it, we're 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 fucked. We're never going to be taken seriously with this stuff. Uh, but and, what? Uh, who was the guy? The the first area one guy. I forgot his name. I should. It's on the tip of my tongue. Yeah, I tap out. I tap out. That's mine. Yeah, <laughs> that was great. We're keeping it. Bob short. Lazar. Bob Lazar. Yeah, sorry. Bob Lazar. Yeah, yeah. We talk about him a lot. Yeah, um, yeah. Sorry, brain fart. Uh, yeah. I mean, I'm I'm glad you're following it. You're very definitely. You're one of the the few passionate cake aliens out there, and I'm glad I'm glad you're out there. I'm glad you're doing the doing the Lord's work. Chris, your turn. All right. <laughs> what were you gonna say, Tim? That was a serious face. I said they're not cake. I know they're not cake. I just, I'm just trying to get your goose. Um. Uh. Yeah. So I, I was thinking. I, you know, we were kind of last minute, kind of throw some paranormal stuff, and I was thinking. I had a conversation on Instagram with longtime um, listener and um, good friend of the show, Andy was asking for book recommendations um, kind of towards spooky season. And I was like, you know what? No one knows about, no one reads, but I think it's a great book, which I'll, I will quickly describe as 1800s X-Files. 
So before I tell you about that, would you not be interested in hearing about a psychic detective in the 1800s? This was written in like the late 1800s, right at the turn of the century, uh, published in 1926. But it was about a psychic detective solving different esoteric crimes. And they're, they're small shorts, like a detective series. It's exactly like the X-Files, but, you know, only a hundred years earlier. <laughs> uh, but anyway, another thing that makes it great, the book is I'll just reveal now called The Secrets of Dr. Uh, Taverner. Uh, what makes this book great is, is this under the guise that it's uh nonfiction? Th this is yes, this is a nonfiction, but that's where I'm going. Okay. Yeah. Is it was written by um Dion Fortune, all also known as Violet Firth. Um Violet Firth was an occultist. Like, so she actually ran the Golden Dawn before Crowley. She was actually Crowley and her were like mortal enemies. <laughs> but and she quit the Golden Dawn and started another um uh, a cult order called the Fraternity of the Inner Light. But so she's like a British occultist from the 19th century. She died in the early, like, say, like 1946, kind of like right after World War II, um, born in 1890. But anyway, uh, if you don't know much about, for our occult readers out there, they're everyone, she's a very popular writer. She also has, she's a very problematic writer in that her nonfiction it's a little nutto and like a lot of these british writers from the 19th century a little racist and a little like kind of like problematic it's like reading crowley right like like you can you just have to like skip over some of that stuff i will say none of that is in this work of fiction but what's kind of great about it is i love fiction written by practicing occultists because you kind of it's all like wink wink not fiction <laughs> you know what i mean and so the stories are great. I actually think uh, Diane Fortune's a pretty good writer. She gets kind of shit on a lot, but I, I, I love a couple of her books. Um, the fiction. I like her fiction more than her nonfiction. Uh, her occult practices were a little like, a little crusty, a little on the Christian mystic side of things. But uh, I li really like her fiction. Um, uh, and there's a there's a couple of them, but I really recommend this book. And again, I just want to use the words occult or x-files from the 19th, 19th century i mean technically it was released in a series of small stories in 1920 but they are written prior to that uh and they were clearly influenced by her time with the golden dawn um they're great i mean they're really great stories so anyway that's something i wanted to bring up um had you guys heard about this book no i have not have i not talked about it I, I thought I thought it was pretty good. Merith and I were like, you know, if we had more sensibility, time, and like business acumen, we would convert them to a screenplay because it is ripe for uh, a release. You know, a period piece, kind of Sherlock Holmes, but like actually specifically occult based. So you're saying uh, against all oddities now, what would our, could we have a little animated beginning thing to the movie if we're like going to be part of the can we just take the uh, PBS mystery masterpiece theater thing and just kind of yeah. like tweak it? You know, yes. like yes, Edward we can. Gory perfected it. We just yeah. gotta we gotta tweak it a little. Except to uh, be a little like you know more our vibes. Yeah, our vibe. Uh, but uh, anyway, that was I was just trying to think of something you know that I hadn't thought about in a while, and I I think because of this baby, I'm not reading anymore, and I really miss reading. Um, I just don't have the time to do it uh i'm like reading have... calvin and Hobbes at the moment 
like uh, full of the like of the anthology. Oh, the, com- the comic, not the uh, the comic. The yeah, actual. it's so good because like if I have like literally next to my bed eighteen books that I've read like half of it, and then I get bored and ADHD away. For whatever reason, I can just run through like thirty pages of Calvin and Hobbes every night before bed, like nothing. Yeah, That's I have, awesome. uh, if we're going on books, what's ironic is I have, I'd have to turn a uh, practical astral projection from Alicia. But if you mm-hmm. look at the uh, the characters on it, they look like the aliens that I was talking about. They also oh. look like it. yeah, interesting. And that looks like how old is that book? What's it from? Uh, forever ago. <laughs> anyway, uh, uh, no, I I just ordered uh, Gene Hart's Beyond Dreaming, and I've spoken with Gene Hart like a bunch of times mm. uh, on some conferences. He's he's really cool at discovering beyond the physical. So I'm looking forward to that. All right, you ready for my dumb thing? Yeah, I want you. Like, yeah, you both were uh, had some actual stuff. I remember this from years ago, and it resurfaced when I was looking for a funny story to tell. And I, I'm just gonna go right into it. And I've sent this to you guys, but it was probably like ten years ago, right? Yeah, I don't uh, have that kind of retention. Yeah, yeah. So this will be like a new one. So that this following nightmare, I'm reading off of like celebritynetworth.com because I couldn't find the original. And so I'm just going to read the story. Where they're I like to think that it. that tab is currently always open on your computer. Well, <laughs> everything, well, it's on my phone, and now I'm screwed for, like, whatever ads I'm going to get now are just going to be terrible. But uh, uh, this this originally, this this is, this following nightmare is 100% fully verified true story. It happened to a very unlucky investment banker who was asked to remain anonymous, who asked to remain anonymous for obvious reasons. He submitted this story to the Twitter page Goldman Sachs elevator, and that's where it first started coming around, right? So it is called the most embarrassing private jet flight of all time. Oh my God. No, I've yes. read this. I've read this. No, no, you read it because Nate sent it. It's the yes. funniest. It's okay. The no, all right, Nate. We're <laughs> yeah, right. This, this is, is actually great... an awesome closer. Yeah. No. So, and you before know, I... you start, Nate, I just want to say to the audience, you're fucking welcome. <laughs> <laughs> it's funnier, I think, if you read it because you reread it as you go down. It's like, no, no. And also, and also, you're not expecting it to be funny when you're reading it. You're like, <laughs> no. I'm just, you like, you laugh. You know, something when you read, sometimes it's like, oh, that's funny, but not laugh out loud funny. Like, I this think is I a viral reading. email. This is like a viral email around okay. my office right. a long time ago. What kind anyway, of music goes with this? I'll, I'll figure it out. I'll you'll have out. to. This will be a fun one to figure out the sound effects for. But uh, but anyway, all right. The most embarrassing private jet flight of all time. Just over halfway through the flight, all the coffee in my stomach feels like it's percolating its way down into my lower intestine. I hunker down and try to focus on other things. What feels like an hour, but probably some more than 20 minutes passes. We then enter what turns out to be a pretty violent, some pretty violent turbulence. With each bounce, I have to fight my body, trying not to shit my pants. 30 minutes to landing, maybe 45, I try to tell myself. Each jostle and gamble I can't afford to lose. I signal to the flight attendant, and she heads towards me. Excuse me, where's the bathroom? Because I don't see a door. I ask, well still devoting considerable energy to fighting off what starts to feel like someone shook a <laughs> seltzer bottle and shoved it in my ass. <laughs> she looks at me <laughs> bemused and says, well, we don't really have one per se, she continues. Technically, we have one, but it really is just for emergencies. Don't worry, we're landing <laughs> shortly anyway. <laughs> <I'm> just... <laughs> Let me get this out, all right. Whew. 
Right. <clears throat> I'm pretty sure this qualifies as an emergency, I managed to mutter through my grimace. I can see fear in her face as she points nervously to the back seat. The turbulence outside is especially by <laughs> the cyclone that is ravaging it in my bowels. She points to the back of the plane and says, There, the toilet is there. For a brief instant, relief passes over my face. She continues, You pull away. If you pull away the leather cushion on from that seat, it's under there. There's a small privacy screen that pulls up and around <laughs> it, but that's it. At this point, I was committed. <laughs> it's because I'm just picturing this small, small private jet. And no! He hasn't gotten 20... to the privacy screen. <laughs> no, he just did. He just did. Well, no, no the uh... he mentioned it. He mentioned it. All right. Uh, she had just split the time into my chest. Wait, no, no, you have to reread that. You gotta, re okay, you gotta. Hold on, let me compose right. myself. All right, drink of water. All right. <clears throat> she had just slipped the dynamite, and the mine shaft was set to blow. <laughs> I'm sorry. All right, I'm done. All right. <clears throat> I turn to look where she was pointing and I get the urge to cry. I do cry. Come on. Dude, Nate. I got it. I got it. Hold on. I got it. I got it. I got it. Do you need to tap out? Do you need one of us to read it? <laughs> yeah, we can do that. Here, I'll, I'll set it on. Hold on. Yep. I turn to look where she is pointing and I get the urge to cry. I do cry, but my face is so tightly clenched, it makes no difference. The toilet seat is occupied <laughs> by the CFO, i.e. our fucking client. Our fucking female fucking client. <laughs> Up until this point, no one has observed my struggle or my exchange with the flight attendant. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm so sorry. That's all I could say as I limp torture. <laughs> Like Quasimodo impersonating a penguin. <laughs> okay, tell me to go over. <laughs> Do it. Okay. And I begin my explanation. Of course, as soon as my competitors see me talking to the CFO, they all perk up to find out what the hell I'm doing. Oh my God. Given my jovial nature and fun loving attitude thus far on the roadshow, almost everybody thinks I'm joking. She, however, <laughs> knows right away that I am anything but, and jumps up, moving quickly to where I had been sitting. I now had to remove the seat top. No easy task when you can barely stand upright or getting tossed around like a hood rat at a block party and are fighting against gastrointestinal Mount Vesuvius. I managed to peel back the leather seat top to find a rather luxurious looking commode with a nice cherry or walnut frame. It had obviously never been used, ever. Why this moment of clarity came to me, I do not know. Perhaps it was this realization that I was going to take this toilet's virginity with a fury and savagery that was an abomination to its delicate craftsmanship and quality. I imagined some poor Italian carpenter weeping over the violently soiled remains of his once beautiful creation. The lament lasted only a second as I was quickly back to concentrating on the tiny muscle that stood between me and molten hot lava. I reached down and pulled up the privacy screens with only seconds to spare before I erupt. 
It's Nate, an take over. Nate, take over. <clears throat> Nate, Nate's gonna take over. You take take a breather. Take a breather. <clears throat> it's Start an over, Nate. <clears throat> I reach down and pull up the privacy screens with only seconds to spare before I erupt. It's an Alka-Seltzer bomb. Nothing but air and liquid spraying out in all directions. <laughs> a Jackson Pollock masterpiece. The pressure now reversed. <laughs> Damn it. Oh, I, I feel like I'm gonna have I'll, a I'll take over. I, I right. feel like I'm going to have to, I, I feel like I'm going to have a stroke. I push so hard to end the relief. The torment, sublime relief. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. My apologies do nothing to drown out the My apologies do nothing to drown out the heinous noises that seem to carry on and reverberate through this small cabin indefinitely. It's not that bad if if that's not bad enough, I have one major problem. The privacy screen stops right around the shoulder level. Tim take over. I am sitting there, a, a disembodied head in the back of the plate on a bucking bronco for a toilet, all while looking at my colleagues, competitors, and clients directly in the eyes. Pay no attention to the man behind the curtain, briefly comes to mind. I literally could reach out with my left hand and rest it on the shoulder of the person adjacent to me. It was virtually impossible for him or any of the others, and by others I mean high-profile business partners and clients to avert their eyes. They squirm and try not to look, inclined to do their best to carry on and pretend as if nothing out of the ordinary was happening. That they weren't sharing a stall with some guy crapping his intestines out, releasing smelly, sweaty shame at 100 feet per second. I'm sorry, I'm so sorry, that's all the shame disembodied head can say, over and over again. Not that it mattered. Oh my god, it's so good. Uh, that is so probably good. the funniest story on the planet. All right. All right, with I think... that, I hope everybody has a good November. Uh, <clears throat> we will see you in December with a full-length episode edited. Yeah, it's our Christmas special, uh, which we'll talk about more at that time. Um, yeah, stick around. Thanks, everyone. <laughs> <laughs>